Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and a student of scandals. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's story. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon I'm gonna teach you stuff No, it won't be tough Gonna go a year till you've had enough It's 365 Today, in 1994, figure skater Nancy Kerrigan was attacked by a man working for fellow figure skater Tanya Harding's bodyguard at practice at the Kobo Arena in Detroit, Michigan. He hit Kerrigan's right leg with a 21-inch collapsible baton. It caused a huge ensuing scandal, and lots of different people were involved, so let's reverse and dive right in. Harding was the first American woman to successfully perform a triple axel at competition. She was riding high off of multiple worldwide wins and records. She and Kerrigan were skating rivals, and it was suspected that only one of them would get on the Olympic team. The men who committed the crime were something of a motley crew. The hitman, Shane Stant, had an accomplice, his uncle, Derek Smith, and they were contracted by Jeff Giluli, Tanya Harding's ex-husband, and Sean Eckhart, Harding's bodyguard. Harding seemed so desperate to win that Giluli set up the attacks to make it all, but assured that she'd be able to compete in the Olympics. It's been long disputed whether Harding actually asked Galuli to have Kerrigan attacked or if he was acting of his own accord. When Stant hit Kerrigan in the knees, cameras happened to be nearby and captured the aftermath on film. Kerrigan was screaming and holding her legs and crying. Her father rushed to her and escorted her to the locker room as she cried. The next day, January 7th, newspapers put Kerrigan's face on the cover with the caption, Why me? Though it was initially very painful, luckily the injury was just bruises rather than broken bones but the injury was bad enough that she had to withdraw from the national championships that week, which was probably the goal of the henchmen in the first place. Harding won goal in the national championships and got a spot on the Winter Olympics in Norway, but as it turns out, Kerrigan did too. Her fellow skaters felt so bad for her that they offered her a spot on the team. Once Kerrigan was hurt, the rest of the plan didn't go exactly as intended because the set of criminals weren't exactly experts. An FBI investigation was launched into the attack in less than a week after it happened. Eckert confessed to his role in the attack and told the authorities about Stant, Galuli, and Smith. The United States Figure Skating Association had to decide whether to hold Harding responsible for any part of the attack and whether or not she would be able to compete in the Olympics. They eventually decided that she could go on to Norway, as she denied knowing anything about the attacks and no evidence could dispute her claim. Galuli surrendered to the FBI on January 15th. On January 27th, he formally confessed to orchestrating the assault and implicated not only Stant, Eckert, and Smith, but also Harding in his confession. Harding continued to deny involvement, saying to the press, Despite my mistakes and rough edges, I have done nothing to violate the standards of excellence in sportsmanship that are expected in an Olympic athlete. On February 1st, Galuli testified against Harding in exchange for a lighter sentence. He pled guilty to the crime of racketeering. Soon after, police inspected Harding and Galuli's trash and found notes with Kerrigan's practice schedule on them. A handwriting expert was consulted and said that the notes seemed to be written by Harding. 
the U.S. Olympics Committee once again had to decide if Harding could still participate in the Olympics. After a tense discussion, they decided that she would still be allowed to participate despite the incriminating evidence. On February 17th, Kerrigan and Harding took to the ice at the same time for an Olympics practice session. Kerrigan wore the same outfit as she did during her attack to show that she wasn't scared of Harding and her possible henchmen. On the night of the Olympic competition, Harding stopped skating just a minute into her routine, citing a broken shoelace. She was allowed to reskate the routine, but to no avail, she came in eighth place at the Olympics, and viewers were quick to call it karma for the attacks on Kerrigan. Kerrigan ended up getting the silver medal, losing out to gold to 16-year-old Ukrainian Oksana Bayul. Kerrigan was caught later on camera making fun of Bayul for crying during the ceremony. This scandal would not let anyone walk away with their reputations unscathed. After the Olympics, Harding ended up pleading guilty to conspiracy to hinder prosecution. She got three years of probation and a $160,000 fine. Her 1994 national championship title was later revoked and she received a lifetime ban from the USFSA. Everyone else involved in the case served jail time. In 2017, the film I, Tanya revived public interest in the scandal. Margot Robbie played Harding, and the film portrayed not only the incident but Harding's past in the world and personal dynamics at play at the time of the attacks. The film illuminated the classism that Harding faced in the figure skating world and helped provide a more three-dimensional picture than news reports from the time offered. Plus, it was great. I saw this movie, and I actually own it on my computer because I really enjoyed it, and it was just really fascinating. I had never actually heard about this until... I watched the movie, which it seems surprising because this case is so infamous, but um, it's really fascinating the way that they portray it from um, the movie's lens point as well. And now for today's music fact. Today in 2017, the first episode of the final season titled The Farewell Season of American Idol aired on Fox. The judges for that final season were Jennifer Lopez, Keith Urban, and Harry Connick Jr. The season was about five weeks shorter than the previous seasons of American Idol. Trent Harmon ended up winning the final season and LaPortia Renee was the runner-up. American Idol has been running for 15 seasons on Fox. It was based on a British TV show called Pop Idol and went on to become one of the most successful American television series. If you're not familiar with the format, American Idol revolves around finding amazing, talented singers who are just living regular lives. Viewers vote to determine the winner via their phones and the internet. The show produced stars like Kelly Clarkson, Chris Daughtry, Carrie Underwood, and Jordan Sparks. For eight of its seasons, it was number one in U.S. television rankings. But psych, it didn't end up being the actual end of American Idol. It was just the end of American Idol on Fox. ABC revived the series just less than two years later. And now for our final segment of the day, I will be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a January 6th in my life. January 6, 2019, I went to an exhibit at the Oakland Museum of Modern Arts, I think. Yes, that's the name of the museum. Oakland Museum of Contemporary Arts, maybe. Omka. I'm not sure. It's one of the two. Um, and I believe it was an exhibit. I have like photos of my brother here, but I think it was an exhibit on beat making, actually. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was really cool. And I remember it was, it was about music, um, but I miss going to museums a lot. I should do that more often. It makes me feel smart, even if I don't understand what I'm looking at. Thanks for going back in time with me, and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and come back tomorrow for more stories from yesteryear. It's 365 with MXM Tune.
bags every day. So don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 